Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. So glad that you could join us today. We've got a guest on today that in my almost four years of broadcasting Go Green Radio, we've never had anybody like this. Um, David Lux is the CEO and founder of a really innovative new company called Honey Drop Beverages. And what's so cool about it is that it's all natural and it's sweetened by honey. And he's doing some philanthropic work around uh, what the needs of honeybees are these days. And so we're going to talk a lot about his buy a bottle, save a bee campaign. But I'm so excited to have him on, you know, in this economy, being an entrepreneur, Entrepreneur starting up a brand new company is no small feat. And so we have somebody really special on today, and I'm glad that we can share his story with you, all of our listeners on Go Green Radio. Well, welcome to Go Green Radio, David. Glad to have you. Thank you for having me, and thanks for that great introduction. Well, your product is great. I had a little taste, um, so I can say that uh, as, a, as an actual user of your product. But I also am a real fan of everything I'm reading about you online. In fact, on your Facebook page, I read that you started Honey Drop Beverages after you were diagnosed with cancer. And subsequent to that diagnosis, you learned about some of the health benefits of honey. And I'd love for you to just take your time and share that whole experience with our listeners. Sure. Um, in 2006, uh, April, so actually a little over five years ago, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Uh, before I was diagnosed with cancer, I was 31 years old. I was a typical guy's guy. I was eating meat and potatoes. I was running five miles a day. Uh, probably not that uh, conscious of health or the definition of natural foods. Um, after I was diagnosed with cancer, it kind of put um, a shock in my life, naturally. Uh, and I started uh, speaking with my doctors, learning a little bit more about uh, the effect of diet, uh, the effect of refined sugars on cancer cells. And one of my nutritionists um, in 2007 gave me this great article about honey, that honey naturally has vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants, that it clinically is better on your throat if you have a sore throat than cough syrup, which I found fascinating. And lastly, that honey is unrefined. And what that means is it's not cooked. We have these little bees that go to flowers, and they pollinate flowers, and they bring different types of honey uh, back to their beehive. And because it's unrefined, honey metabolizes slower in your body than a refined sugar. So when I was reading this article, I was like, wow, honey has all these great properties. And it triggered a memory for me 
when I was young, how my mom used to always give me apples and honey or peanut butter and honey as a snack, as well as my grandmother, till the day she died, uh, always had a uh, lemon tea uh, with honey every morning. And uh, previously, before I'd been diagnosed with cancer, I had worked uh, extensively in the beverage industry, specifically for PepsiCo. Mm-hmm. And um, I was starting to look, uh, after leaving Pepsi and kind of consulting on my own, I started reading about um, other products that claimed to have honey in them. And I started realizing that majority of foods and beverages that have honey uh, on their label and have bees on their label don't actually use pure honey. They typically use sugars, uh, like a high fructose corn syrup or white refined sugar or cane syrup or cane sugar, and use a honey flavoring. And we'll go on and explain what a honey flavoring is. Mm-hmm. And no one really uses simply just a tablespoon of honey. And that kind of genesis of reading that article, uh, the genesis of my idea of reading that article, learning about the benefits of honey, kind of prompted me to eventually develop Honey Drop. Well, and let me ask you this. Now, you know, there's a lot of uh, juxtaposition between the word antioxidant and cancer. Explain that just a little bit more so that we understand how honey and its antioxidant properties would have something to do with somebody who's battling cancer and why that's a, a, a concern. So antioxidants, as you probably know, um, help fight free radicals. Uh, Free radicals are these little molecules in your body that help spray cancer cells. Um, Having said that, I don't market honey drop as having um, antioxidants from the honey to help fight cancer. One thing I learned um, about cancer and through uh, my doctors at Sloan Kettering in New York is at the end of the day, unfortunately, they don't know exactly why individuals get cancer. And also, from a course of treatment, uh, unfortunately, it's a combination of numerous types of solutions that could help fight cancer, whether that's diet, whether that's um, um, you know, uh, medicine, uh, uh, radiation, chemotherapy, as well as there's maybe holistic medicine. Honey right. does have antioxidants in it. Um, there are traces of antioxidants. They don't have as much antioxidants as, say, um, a, a cherry, but they are good antioxidants in it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't claim that drinking this will help you fight cancer. Uh, what I like about honey and our drink, and also just a uh, tablespoon of honey in general, it's better for you than having uh, a sugary or refined sugary drink. How so? Explain that difference to us. So because honey is unrefined, um, you know, it doesn't spike your blood sugar level and, uh, like a refined sugar does. So think of when you're drinking an energy drink um, or if you're drinking a, a sugary soda. You drink that soda and you have a sugar rush and you typically get a high, but then it also, you also have a crash that follows. Because honey is unrefined and because these little bees take the honey and the honey is never cooked, honey is a mixture of numerous uh, sugar uh, uh, molecules, glucose, fructose, maltose, and that unique combination of honey metabolizes your body slowly and gives you sustained energy. When I used to run uh, when I was younger, um, a bunch of my runners in New York used to always take a tablespoon of honey uh, before they went running for five miles. And I never knew exactly why consciously they were taking a tablespoon of honey. And as I was reading this article, it kind of clicked in my head going, ah, my friends were taking a tablespoon of honey before they went running, so they had sustained energy on mile four and five because that sustained energy, that unrefined nature of honey helps kind of keep them going. Mm-hmm. 
What made you decide to take all this newfound knowledge? You know, here you have this diagnosis of, you know, cancer. You, then you have this newfound knowledge of, of the health benefits of honey. What made you decide to start a beverage company? I mean, that is one of the toughest markets to break into, I would think. I mean, just based upon what I've seen on MSNBC shows about Coke and PepsiCo and, you know, the big giants of this industry, why did you decide to open that kind of a business? It's a great question. Maybe I was a little naive. <laughs> but um, <laughs> We're like brave. To, we go yeah. with brave. <laughs> you're like my wife. You say you're uh, brave. But um, <laughs> seriously, um, when uh, I had worked with Pepsi for a long time, so I did have some experience, not necessarily experience launching a startup beverage company. Working in a large company like Pepsi, you have all the resources you need from legal um, to accounting, etc., uh, starting up any uh, company, as you mentioned in the introduction, especially in the recession, is so hard. It's such an uphill battle. And the beverage industry, industry in particular is even a, a harder battle because there's so many uh, competitors. Mm-hmm. When I was uh, diagnosed with cancer um, and afterwards, after, after having treatment, I kind of felt like you live once in your life. And to do, uh, for me, living once in your life, I wanted to do something that I loved and that I felt passionate about. And as I said, I always had honey as a, uh, used honey as a kid. I felt passionate about honey. I felt like people weren't using honey to its full potential. So I kind of gave it a shot. And when I gave it a shot um, in 2000, end of 2008, October, when I first went to my first trade show, I really had low expectations. I just wanted to produce a product and see kind of what the, how the market would respond. Mm-hmm. And since that day, uh, we now sell in over 1,000 stores across the country. So um, I like to think I have baby steps. Uh, take uh, take baby steps, and every day is another challenge. Um, but today, uh, you know, we're somewhat succeeding, where we are uh, close to nine full-time employees, and we're in a thousand stores across the country. That's amazing! Congratulations on that. Thank you very much. Now, when the company con- consisted of just one employee, that was you. <laughs> how did you go out and pitch Honey Drop drinks to potential customers? Did you kind of lean towards the "this is good for you" side, or were you leaning more towards the you know, this will quench your thirst like no other side. I mean, what was your initial pitch? So my initial pitch is um, this is better for you than other drinks on the market that have refined sugar. Um, So probably leaning more towards, you know, this is a good for you product, but I kind of say it's better for you. The reason why I use better for you is I don't believe beverages, it's very hard for beverages to have claims. It's hard to, you know, we can't drink a beverage and say it's like a, Tylenol or it's a, it can clinically do something for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was very lucky when I first launched at my first trade show where buyers from Whole Foods, some large distributors, natural foods distributors at my, uh, the trade show I went to in October 2008 saw my product, liked it, and actually helped me get on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So I didn't actually even have to pitch that much initially. I had individuals who worked in the natural foods industry who saw the product and they kind of recognized the concept which I was selling, and they said, hey, you have a different idea here. here. You're the only one using pure, solely honey. We think that's really cool. You know, we think maybe there's an idea to have the honey category within beverages. Let's, let's give you a shot and see how it goes. I like this note that you have on your Facebook. It's kind of a, a little line that you have on your Facebook page that says your beverages contain ingredients that 
quote, come from the, the land, not from the lab. And of course, to all of us who are into natural things, who are into the environment, you know, that resonates. Um, talk to us about where you source your ingredients versus where some of the other beverage companies source their ingredients. Sure. Uh, well, for the most for the most important thing, when we say from the land, not the lab, uh, our product is 100% natural. It comes from pure ingredients. Uh, importantly, besides being natural, all of our ingredients are GMO-free, which means they mm-hmm. are, are void of gene- uh, genetically modified organisms. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're probably familiar with GMOs. Um, they are you know put it there are kind of hormones that can be put in meat. Uh, they could be put in pollen. There are these genetically modified organisms that help create yield uh, and higher yield on food products. And in the U.S., the FDA has standards that actually allow GMOs in food products, whereas in other countries, they actually uh, disallow them. Mm-hmm. So all of our products uh, do not have any GMOs. Uh, Is that we, labeled on your products? I'm just wondering. Yeah, if you turn over the, I don't know if you have a bottle in front of you. But I don't look, right now. If you look at the front of our bottle, and you look at our, our bee, uh, Deborah the bee, and you turn her a little bit to the right, you'll see a little circle that says no GMOs. Mm-hmm. And it's actually it. a circle that's right underneath another circle that says no refined sugars. Gotcha. So, um, but specifically about our ingredients, because they're from the land, you know, our core ingredient is honey. So our honey comes from domestic beekeepers. You know, these beekeepers have, uh, you know, just beehives all across the country. And, you know, the bees are pollinating flowers. You can't get something that's more from the land than honey. Yep. Additionally, we have um, you know, fresh brewed tea leaves and fresh brewed herbs. Uh, one of my favorite flavors is our lemon ginger, where we take whole ginger, we slice it up, and we brew it like a tea. So the ginger is a, a fresh herb that we use. Um, on our teas, like our black tea, we use uh, whole black tea leaves and white tea where we brew it, and then we add honey. Uh, we use lemon juice, so pure lemons. And our whole essence is to try to use a simple... Uh, ingredients as possible to make a, a, a better, healthier tasting product that contains a tablespoon of honey in every bottle. Wonderful. Now, just really quickly, in the minute or so that we have left before we take a quick commercial break, is there any type of honey besides natural honey, or all, are all honeys created equal? That's a great question. Um, it's important, I think, for consumers to look at the ingredient statement of foods and beverages because a lot of foods that claim to have honey in them actually use what I call a natural flavoring and a natural uh, honey flavoring. And what a honey flavoring is, is there are manufacturers who take honey, they distill it, kind of like if you were making a vanilla extract, and they create a honey extract. The reason why uh, manufacturers use a honey extract is it enables them to have a consistent taste over time of that honey. Uh, one thing I think that's special about honey, honey, uh, there's thousands of different types of honey, depending on the flower that bees pollinate, whether it's a lavender, a clover, an amber, or a blueberry. We personally like the fact that our product might taste slightly different every time because our lots of honey are coming from different flowers. So mm-hmm. that's actually something we like. We like variability. We like change uh, in our product. Very cool. Well, we've got to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about those little critters that make the honey and some of the critical impact uh, that our agriculture industry is starting to see as the honeybee 
population decline. So we'll talk a little bit about how that affects not just honey drop beverages, but a whole lot more. So stick around. There's a lot more Go Green Radio right after this. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, folks. Today, our guest is David Lux. He is the CEO and founder of Honey Drop Beverages. And if you want to find out more, you can check out his website, and you can actually find a product locator. Uh, there's a little place where you can type in your zip code and see if there's um, a store near you that sells Honey Drop Beverages. It's a, an all-natural product, and I'm really excited to have him on. David, before the break, we were talking about honey. Now let's talk about the bees that make the honey. Besides making honey, what other value do bees bring to our food supply? It's a great question. Bees are so important to our food supply. Uh, I didn't know this uh, when I was starting Honey Drop, but bees pollinate one-third of all the produce in our grocery stores and one-third of all the produce that we eat. So when you see almonds, when you see avocados, apples, uh, when you see even cotton, that's a product of bees. Bees have been part of that process of pollinating and help producing those products. Einstein actually has a great quote that says, without bees, mankind will disappear in seven years, which is a really scary thought. So um, we started a program called Buy a Bottle, Save a Bee, uh, because bees have been dying from this illness called colony collapse disorder. And uh, yeah. we have uh, kind of a theory, even though we're a small company, that if we could do just simple things like build more beehives, because every beehive increases the bee population by forty to 60,000 bees, one beehive might lead to 10, might lead to 100, might lead to 1,000. We might be able to actually uh, make some change and help, help protect our bee population. Well, let's talk about colony collapse disorder. And first of all, let me ask you this. How much does it cost to start a new beehive? Um, typically, it's around 250 to $300 for a new beehive. 
Wow. And, and do you have any estimates on how many beehives your product line relies upon? Um, that's actually a great question. Um, we probably rely on thousands of beehives. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it's growing. Yeah. Um, one thing that's interesting is uh, we like to work with small beekeepers, but uh, we can't really rely sometimes on their yield of honey. Uh, sometimes you know, there might be a bad rainfall or the temperature uh, might uh, affect a local bee supplier. Mm-hmm. So we work with uh, all different bee suppliers all across the country to get our honey. But yeah, answer, talk to us about the question, difference. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was mm-hmm. say, to answer your question, uh, so we are relying on probably uh, uh, many, many beehives. Talk to us a, about the difference between you know, local beehives and some of the larger operations that you source from. Um, what's, what's done differently at one, uh, one type versus the other type of, of beekeeping operation? For the only real difference is just the amount of beehives that one beekeeper may ha- have. Uh, mm-hmm. We uh, might source honey from a large beekeeper that might have around 5,000, 10,000 hives, as well as one that might have you know, 50 to 20 hives. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but what the similarity between them is we look for people who take, res- have res- take responsible beekeeping. What responsible beekeeping is, is um, beekeepers who try to their utmost uh, to develop practices that protect the queen bee the reason why that's important is because the queen bee is the most important part of the beehive. Um, she you know, um, helps. Uh, she actually mates with a lot of drones, and she actually helps uh, you know the drones to go collect the honey. So by protecting the queen bee, we help protect the beehive. Uh, we make sure that um, our beekeepers do use practices like not feeding the bees high fructose corn syrup, which might uh, increase the yield of uh, of the beehive as well as something that's very important, which has been happening in the United States, we make sure every lot that we purchase of our honey is pure honey, and that it's not mixed with things like sugar and high-fructose corn syrup. Recently, uh, it's a a really big issue. Recently, foreign honey, specifically coming from China, um, there has been tests on that honey where they found that the honey is not 100% pure honey, but it's actually being mixed with cheaper sugars like high fructose corn syrup. That's a lot of supply chain management that you have to do. Um, h- how do you manage to, I don't know if you have to audit or certify somehow that you know, your sources for honey are doing <laughs> these kinds of things. How do you manage all that? That's a great question. So uh, you know, we don't own our beehives. We have partnerships excuse me, with our suppliers, whether it's a beehive, whether uh, a beekeeper, whether it's someone we buy our teas from. All of our products, we require, require specs, and we look at the specification of the honey or of um, the tea that we're, we would like to buy. Honey in particular, we try to make sure that the moisture content of our honey has at least 17% moisture content. The U.S. Honey Board states pure honey has 17% moisture content. And mm-hmm. we actually get um, tests for each lot of honey that we uh, purchase to make sure our specs, specifically the moisture content, is, uh, is on par uh, with what we're buying. And that helps give us confidence that we're buying pure honey. Gotcha. Now, 
in terms of colony collapse disorder, give us, you know, for a lot of folks um, just in everyday America who purchase all of their food from a grocery store, they may not have any idea what this is. They may not have heard of colony collapse disorder. What is it? So colony collapse disorder is um, an illness that's affecting the bees. Um, no one knows exactly why this illness has occurred with the bees, but it's a drastic problem where this illness, this virus, has actually decreased the bee population by over 30% over the past five years. So as wow. I said before, bees are so important to our um, agricultural and food supply chain uh, because they pollinate a third of all produce, but they're dying at an alarming rate. You know, we've lost a third of our bee colonies in the United States. Um, so no one knows exactly why colony collapse disorder has impacted uh, the bees in Europe and the U.S. There are some theories. Two of the leading theories are, one, there's a specific pesticide um, that's not killing but weakening the immune system of the bees. Mm-hmm. So the bees' immune system is compromised, and in conjunction, bees naturally have to fight environmental fa- factors like mites. And because their immune system is compromised, when they go fight mites, they're actually dying. So that's oh. actually the leading theory right now. Um, there's research from Penn State and UC Davis, which is actually helping uh, validate these theories as well. Wow. And, of course, the reason that every everyday American <laughs> should care about this is because our food supply is so so linked to the activity of the bees, naturally. Uh, are you seeing, I mean, I, I, we're going to talk about your Buy a Bottle, Save a Bee campaign in just a moment, but are you seeing large retailers of produce and people who are involved in buying and selling food um, on a retail level involved in this issue at all? So that's a great question. Um, recently, so we launched our Buy a Bottle, Save a Bee program in March at the largest natural food tra- um, trade show out in Anaheim. And we got a lot of retailers uh, to jump on board. One retailer in particular is called Nugget. They have nine locations in Northern California. And what we did with Nugget is we actually have in all their locations a big display with our products with a big sign that says, Buy a Bottle, Save a Bee. We formed a partnership with a great beekeeping family, the Harlan uh, family, um, right near Sacramento, where all the proceeds um, in that Northern California area where Nugget is we give to the Harlan families to, to build more beehives. And in Nuggets, we actually have images of the Harlands who actually supply a lot of their local honey to the Nugget market. So we're trying to educate retailers and consumers uh, about our program. Candidly, mm-hmm. there has not been that much, which is uh, kind of surprising. I do think in 2012, 2013, you're going to see more retailers start to market the importance of bees and the importance of this program. Mm-hmm. Um, which will be uh, just incredibly important. Uh, every, I'd say every two days, I buy my wife four apples. Uh, I buy her four organic uh, apples. And without bees, I can't buy her those apples. So it's incredible how we're all linked to the bees. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I, honestly, I mean, and I even grew up out in the rural part of southern Illinois around farms. And 
I honestly never knew that. I never realized how delicate the bee population and, and what they do, how, how delicate our food chain could possibly be without the bees. I mean, all I knew was I kept stepping on bees as I was running around in my bare feet and getting stings. I really didn't think about what an impact they could have on our food supply when I was a kid. And um, I, I think it would be great to see even maybe something in schools about, you know, to educate kids about this connection with bees and, and our food supply. So talk to us some more about your vision for Buy a Bottle, Save a Bee. Um, I know that you just launched it, but, you know, a year from now, what do you hope you will have accomplished with that campaign? So today we have partnered with uh, some select retailers. We have partnerships with beekeepers in Northern California, uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Utah, uh, New York City, and Vermont. Um, we've done similar type of campaigns in Vermont, um, in Utah. Uh, my vision is from a year from now, we will have partnerships with at least 200 beekeepers, and we will have at least in 2,000 stores, both Personally, my team got into the store and actually, besides spreading awareness about our product, told consumers about the importance of bees and about the importance of our program. And additionally, in these stores, the retailers themselves will start marketing the importance of our program and the importance of bees by either sending out personal email blasts to their uh, distribution list or ideally putting up flyers in their store in the produce section next to the apples next to the avocados, saying, did you know bees pollinate 100% of the avocados you eat? You know, buy a bottle, save a bee. That's cool. And, and I have to say, I enjoyed watching the YouTube video that you have up on your website of the Harlands. They're a, just a darling couple. They're just so... Americana. Um, I liked how he was talking about that the bees originally were there to pollinate their crops and his wife needed something to do. So she started selling honey and then over time that part of the business started to really pick up and and they invested in that and now they've got a really successful beekeeping um, and honey operation. It's just a a great story and it's a great video that you have up on your website. Yeah, I appreciate that. One thing that we try to do is we actually try to go meet the beekeepers that are uh, in person, go to their farm. Uh, what's interesting quickly about the Harlins is the Harlins family actually lost a majority of their beehives uh, a couple of years ago because of colony collapse disorder. So our program working with them is so important to help get their beehive uh, you know, number up to, uh, where it once was. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's terrific. And there's some other great YouTube videos I, that you can check out, folks, if you go to... Uh, to the Honey Drop. What is your website? Give us your website address. It's www.honeydrop.com. .com. Yep, and you can go from from his website and link to YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, and some other um, social media platforms. But there's some other YouTube videos that are kind of funny, where you know you're watching David; he's all excited because the you know he's watching the bottling happening, and you can see Honey Drop beverages being bottled. So there's a lot of cool stuff out there on the social media platforms that they're working through Honey Drop. We've got to take a quick commercial break, but we have lots more Go Green Radio right after this. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. 
VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Tolvanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Tolvanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information, about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. So glad that you could join us today. If by chance you're joining us just a little bit late and you wish you would have caught the first part of this episode, don't worry, because we're syndicated on Voice America's Green Living Channel. So while you may be listening to us on Voice America Variety Channel, if you check out that button called Green Living on voiceamerica.com, this episode will air once again next Tuesday between 9 and 10 a.m. Pacific and between noon and 1 on the East Coast. Everybody in Mountain and Central, do your own math. And we hope that you will recommend this episode to a friend. Well, we'll hear it with David, who's the CEO and founder of Honey Drop Beverages. And I hope that all of you who are within an area where these products are sold will hop on his website, honeydrop.com. Is that correct? That's correct. Honeydrop.com. You can check out uh, where the products are sold near you. Plug in your zip code and find a place near you that, that sells Honey Drop Beverages and, and Grab some because every flavor that I've tried so far from the um, air area near me that sells honey drop beverages are just delicious. Um, so, David, you know, we hear an awful lot about government subsidization of green jobs. But what I love about your story is that right here in the middle of a very tough recession, you went out and created your own green job. How hard is it to be an entrepreneur in this economy? And what advice do you have for others who want to be their own boss? Maybe they want to work in a, an environmentally responsible job, but they just can't find it, one that somebody else has already created. What advice do you have for those who may have what it takes to go out and create their own green job just like you did? The first thing I want to say is, is the caveat that it's not easy. It's really, really hard to think of an idea and kind of, and implement it. And there are days where my back hurts and my leg hurts. Uh, having said that, it's possibly the most rewarding experience ever. I worked in a large company, multiple large companies, for over 13 years. And every day I have such a rewarding experience working with my team, uh, battling a ton of different hurdles, whether it's uh, sourcing honey to selling our products and speaking to consumers. In terms of what it takes, um, we are actually a family company. Uh, we have two families, um, and our personal families have initially supported us uh, emotionally as well as even financially uh, to help get us off the ground. So I think you need support. 
and that support, you need emotional support. Um, I cannot be doing this without the support of my wife. Um, and that you need financial support. And we have been very fortunate where we've had uh, some family members actually help support us. Um, having said that, the last thing you need is you have to have a dream and you have to be able to preserve. Uh, every day is so hard. It's like pushing water uphill. And uh, you just have to have, you know, some chutzpah, I like to say, and just mm-hmm. keep on pushing on. And um, because uh, I know it's a long road and it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, but I believe if you have a dream, if you have a vision, if you believe in it, eventually it can come true. Do you think of your job as a green job? Um, I don't necessarily think of it as a green job. Um, I think we have a cause that's green. I think we have an important message that's green. We use a tablespoon of pure honey in our bottle, and we started this kind of green campaign, Buy a Bottle, Save a Bee, because a majority of the beekeepers we spoke with and we were purchasing honey from were being effective, so affected by colony collapse disorder. So it was an important <coughs> uh, program for us to actually support our partners. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think of a green job, especially the green jobs that are publicized in the media today, I think of it more as kind of larger industries, uh, larger companies uh, than us, quite frankly. Um, mm-hmm. I think of it as solar. I think of it as uh, re- renewable energy um, I, uh, for some reason, I just don't necessarily have us as a stereotypical green job or a green company. Well, I think that's what's so cool is that even though it may not be a stereotypical green job, it absolutely is. I think jobs that protect these natural and environmentally sensitive um, links in our food chain or links in our energy chain are critical. And, and, and I've talked to a number of folks who, whether they're entrepreneurs or um, whether they're in the nonprofit sector, and they didn't necessarily set out to save the planet or, you know, protect us against climate change or do anything grandiose like that. But as it turns out, they began to realize that in order for their business or their cause to survive, there were fundamental environmental and natural resource ingredients that they needed in order for their business to thrive or for their people to thrive. And so they kind of fell into the environmental piece um, and the environmental protection piece of their work uh, just by realizing how critical those natural resources were to their bottom line. And it sounds like that's kind of a similar thing for you, David. If, if, correct me if I'm wrong. No, I think you hit it on the head. That's exactly kind of uh, our story and what happened to us. I would say, me personally, I always have been an outdoors person. I love to hike. Uh, my wife and I, one of our first dates ever, we went canoeing uh, in the Boundary Waters in Minnesota and Wisconsin for over a week, so I am kind of an outdoors person. So I think because I'm an outdoors person, there is kind of a link to environment and while I support the environment. Um, but you have hit it uh, right on the head. We are... Uh, that is our story and, uh, of how we kind of uh, have this green issue and why it's so important for us. You know, I've had a lot of guests on Go Green Radio who have talked about food issues, agricultural issues, and some of the challenges to our food supply that, whether it's toxins uh, in the form of pesticides that are being introduced to our food supply, whether it's additives that are added to packaged foods, or whether it's genetically modified organisms and all the various health impacts and environmental impacts that uh, those Uh, organisms have on our food supply. And one of the things that I hear over and over and over again is that part of the reason why these um, industry uh, 
uh, inputs, whether it's GMOs, pesticides, or what have you, are allowed in and, and haven't been more regulated um, as they go about influencing our food chain is because they're huge in terms of their government subsidization and their industry power and backing. Are you concerned at all that you'll receive any flack from the high fructose corn syrup folks? I mean, bees aren't subsidized like corn in the U.S. I mean, are you worried about any pushback from the corn industry? You know, initially when I started, that wasn't on my radar. I felt if I could develop a a good product that I believe in, that's the most important thing. And consumers, if they resonate with that, will help my company grow, and hopefully that will help the suppliers that I work with grow. Um, Lately, I have seen the corn industry definitely uh, market, uh, you know, high fructose corn syrup as corn sugar and market the fact not uh, that it is any type of sugar, even though it is highly refined and it metabolizes differently in your body. Um, One thing that I think is quite interesting is our current government – on one side, in particular, the White House has actually, interestingly enough, removed refined sugars from all their desserts and actually replaced them from uh, honey that's actually uh, raised on the White House. Uh, the Obamas actually have White House honey, which I think is so cool. And they've been it giving, is cool. Yeah, they've been giving honey to, the, uh, to members of the G20 when, um, when uh, the G20 is in session. They've been giving it as gifts. Uh, they've replaced all the uh, in their desserts, as I just said, honey uh, into their desserts and replaced and removed uh, the refined sugar. But having said that, even though there's this huge push on health in this country, there's a huge push by Michelle Obama to get kids and uh, schools to eat healthier. On the other side of the corn, as you mentioned, there's this huge lobbying and huge subsidies to the corn uh, industry. And I'm sure you've seen Food Inc. and Michael Pollan, the corn industry. Uh, has really affected our the, our food, uh, what we eat, and uh, the type of food, and uh, uh, how we eat, and really our health. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not necessarily worried, but it's something I'm becoming a little bit more conscious of every day. Um, I think ideally, if we could have the government increase awareness, it'd be great if they could increase funds to beekeepers specifically um, to do research on colony collapse disorder, and they have increased that budget recently, but I think it needs to be more. Um, that would definitely help the U.S. honey industry. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Let's imagine that honey drop, just, you know, you become wildly successful, which you already have been, but I mean like wildly, wildly successful in terms of being on the shelves of every major grocery, retail, outlet chain, what have you. And sweetening with honey becomes the new cool thing. Uh, and maybe even some of the other beverages in the beverage, beverage industry start following your lead. Is there enough supply to meet a dramatic increase in demand for honey? I mean, how, how quickly could we scale up if honey drop sets a, a huge new trend? Well, so the good thing in the U.S. is U.S. consumers consume 450 million pounds of honey every year. Of the 450 million pounds, 150 million pounds are coming domestically. 300 million pounds are coming from other countries, such as China, Vietnam, Canada, Brazil, um, um, you know, South America. If honey drop um, used... Um, I would say, you know, 20% of the 450 million pounds that are used in the U.S., which is a huge number, we would have a wildly successful business. 
Um, we, are, we are pretty far from that. Um, if there ever came a day, as you mentioned, where you know, Coke decided to make a, a, a Coke with honey, um, and Pepsi decided to make a Pepsi with honey, and honey started becoming rampant across all different types of foods and beverages, uh, we as a company, if we felt that uh, our supply chain would be compromised, we clearly would have to do something drastic. Uh, maybe it would be merging with one of our, uh, our beekeeping families. Um, that hasn't happened yet, but you know, every day is a different day. And, uh, it's a different challenge, so it's something you constantly have to be conscious of. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. What is keeping Honeydrop from being available nationwide in every big grocery chain? Like, for instance, last week I had Safeway on my show, and we were talking about some of their sustainability measures. Um, what's standing between where you are right now today and being on all of their shelves and all of their sub-branded stores across the nation? Um, we need every consumer who's listening to your radio show right now to go to their grocery store and go to their natural food store, their drug store, their Walmart, and demand Honey Drop. And, you know, our revolution starts with getting consumers to demand our product. Our revolution starts with consumers demanding to have a tablespoon of honey and wanting honey in their products. Um, so that's our job. How do we develop awareness about our product, and how do we develop awareness about the benefits of a tablespoon of honey relative to what's out in the marketplace today? So I ask you know, all your listeners, go to our website, which, by the way, is, is updated every week. There will be new cool features in the next few weeks on there. Uh, but go look at the website. If there's not a store uh, in your zip code, send us an email, and we'll send you uh, some information on how you can have your local retailer order Honeydrop. Very cool. Well, we've got to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, more with David and Honeydrop Beverages. Stay tuned, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. 
Welcome back to Go Green Radio, folks. I have to give a big shout-out to all my tweeps um, who follow us each and every week. I'm really glad that you guys are listening. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at at Jill Buck. That's at J-I-L-L-B-U-C-K. And for those of you who are our Facebook friends who are listening, um, you guys are awesome, and you ask the best questions. I really appreciate that. Um, if you want to be a part of our Facebook community, which is super vibrant and a lot of fun, and we have people from about 67 different countries on our Facebook uh, membership, you can go to my website at www.gogreeninitiative.org. And there you'll be able to find links to our Facebook page, Twitter, YouTube, Flickr, PhotoStream, SlideShare, all of our cool social media platforms. And I hope you'll check us out there. We are so thrilled today to have David, who is the founder and CEO of Honey Drop Beverages. Check them out at honeydrop.com. Delicious is all I can say. Delicious with this product, and it's totally good for you. I mean, it comes from natural uh, ingredients, but every bottle has a teaspoon of natural, real honey in it, which has all kinds of health benefits that we talked about during the first segment. David, you know, a lot of fast food restaurants are looking to improve their image as places where people can get healthy food. I mean, we're starting to see Happy Meals at McDonald's with uh, apple slices versus French fries. Um, any chance that moms can be on the lookout in sometime in the future to be able to buy Honey Drop for their kids' Happy Meals instead of uh, soda? Well, I would say there's definitely a chance for moms to buy Honey Drop uh, in grocery stores and natural food stores. Um, in the short term, it's going to be pretty hard to get us in a Happy Meal, mostly because um, just our ability to sell a product at a cost probably that a retailer like a McDonald's would want is probably going to prohibit us, mm-hmm. um, So, which is why you typically see us selling for $1.99 in higher-end establishments like a Whole Foods or a natural food store. Um, but hopefully one day, um, you know, as the market changes and as consumers demand healthier products, whether that's in a McDonald's, in uh, your local grocery store, or even in your cafeteria, um, you'll, you'll see honey drop in those locations. Mm-hmm. You know, we do have a lot of listeners who are mommy bloggers and parents who are looking for ways to provide a healthy and sustainable life for their children. You know, you have a background in marketing. How do you position Honey Drop among this very specific type of consumer, the the moms of today? I mean, we know, and I'm sure you know from your background, how powerful the purse is <laughs> when it comes to the, the moms of America and their consumer habits. How do you position Honey Drop for them? Well, I actually have a one-year-old son, so you know, developing a product that's good for my son as well is important to me. Um, what I love about Honey Drop is all of our products have only 70 to 90 calories per bottle. That's it. So they're not too caloric. Additionally, um, all of our bottles have 100% vitamin C in every bottle, which is incredibly efficacious if you're a child. And lastly, we have a tablespoon of pure, real honey in every bottle. So as I said, honey is unrefined, so it metabolizes slower in your uh, body than a refined sugar. Um, Honey drop is great for kids because it's not going to give your child that sugar spike that you'll get in a soda or an energy drink. Um, Mm -hmm. I would like to say one thing, and that's uh, kids shouldn't be consume honey until they are a year old for fears of botulism in honey. So if your child is over a year, honey drop is great for them. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome. Well, that's good to know. And it sounds like, in addition to you know, being something that a family who's really into a healthy and sustainable lifestyle might support, that it'd be a great energy drink for, or a sports drink for athletes as well. You had mentioned, um, you know, what honey does in terms of helping the body, um, you know, have that energy, that long-term energy. Uh, when you were talking earlier about you and your friends running, and some of them would take a teaspoon of honey before they took uh, a five-mile run. Uh, talk about how athletes might benefit from, you know, it, it, buying your products. So, um, as you, you hit it on the head, uh, honey is actually great if you're an athlete. We have a lot of our consumers uh, who are fans of our, of our flavors who actually are big athletes. Uh, we have some professional skiers. Uh, we have uh, some uh, triathletes, some bikers who love Honey Drop. Um, honey is used by a lot of athletes because it's unrefined and because it gives athletes sustained energy over time. So honey is a great fuel for athletes. Um, right now, probably we're not best positioned for athletes because we sell the glass bottle. Um, we're hoping as our business slowly grows, there might be an opportunity to give athletes maybe a little bit better package for them. Maybe that is uh, a sports-type bottle. Maybe it's uh, a pouch. Uh, but we're a small family company right now. We kind of take baby steps. But that is something that we are thinking of mostly because we have all these fans of our flavors who are uh, a hardcore athletes as well as people who are just, uh, you know, the everyday jogger um, who loves our products. Well, and of course, the glass bottle is environmentally a great move. Um, there's so much controversy right now about plastic food and beverage packaging. Um, you know, a lot of companies are moving to BPA-free options, but, you know, I had a guest on a couple of, well, it might have been about a month ago, who was saying that BPA is only one of hundreds of chemical agents in food and, and beverage packaging that causes estrogenic activity, which is why you know, BPA has caused such a, an uproar. And the fact is that just because a plastic food or beverage container is BPA-free doesn't mean that it isn't causing the same harm that caused us to be concerned about BPA to begin with. So, you know, maybe that packaging will be powder that they can add water to and put it in their stainless steel, you know, water package or, or a, you know, bottle container. Who knows? But uh, it sounds like it's definitely a product that uh, could give Gatorade a run for its money. We'll see. Yeah, possibly. Now, and, and you mentioned something that's important. Uh, you know, our glass packaging, the reason why we're in it is for those exact reasons. We feel like it's the best type of package to hold our liquid. It's the coldest and oxygen doesn't permeate through uh, glass. So really, we love the glass bottle and, how, and really the thickness and the feel it gives our consumers. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, glass is and, you know, something that we really trust. Naturally, it does add to your transportation costs. But as you mentioned, you know, if you're sourcing locally for your honey, perhaps you know, at some point in the future you'll be producing your products as locally as possible to your outlets, your retail outlets, and maybe that won't be so much of an issue. Could you see Honeydrop making inroads into school campuses in a way that sugary beverages and, and the companies that sell them just cannot? I mean... You know, without naming any names, I mean, there are some huge beverage companies that, you know, when schools started pulling vending machines out of their schools that sell sugary sodas, these companies are having a hard time making it onto school campuses. Do you see that as a, an opportunity for Honeydrop? It's a really big opportunity for us. Every state and every county, I think, has different legislation on what type of beverage should be sold in the school. 
so there's no uniform legislation. Um, there are states and there are counties who love honey drop because we are unrefined. We're only 90 calories per bottle. Um, we don't have, uh, we have uh, caffeine-free options. Our biggest challenge right now uh, for selling in the school um, is specifically we're in a glass bottle, which is not the most conducive for the school environment because a lot of school administrators don't want glass on their campus. Uh, right. We do sell in some schools in the cafeterias. Uh, majority, I think, of beverage sales in schools go through vending machines, um, mm-hmm. so you have to have a, a special type of vendor uh, to vend glass bottles. Um, but like the athlete, the school is another uh, type of consumer for us that we're thinking about how we better position our product for them. But uh, again, you hit it on the head. Uh, schools are demanding healthier products. Uh, they're demanding less sugar and less refined uh, sugars in their beverages for uh, their students. And we kind of fit that profile. Well, and as a mother of three, I am firmly behind that movement (laughs) and have been sort of a loudmouth every now and again at our local school board meetings for exactly that cause. Um, And I know a lot of other moms who are, you know, I mean, they're trying to protect their children best they can. And we're all very concerned about school lunches and and the beverages that our kids are getting there. We want those, uh, the same things that we have in our kitchen um, in terms of healthy choices to be reflected when kids are at school as well. David, I want to thank Thank you so much for being on Go Green Radio. Congratulations on your success. Um, we look forward to seeing Honey Drop uh, continue to expand its market reach and uh, as well it should. You're doing things right. You're doing things sustainably, and we thank you for that. Thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, we greatly appreciate it, and uh, we love kind of the message of your program, and uh, we look forward to staying in touch with you and all of your listeners. That sounds great. Well, folks, if you want to follow up, if you want to reach out to David and his company, go to www.honeydrop.com. And we'll be here same time, same place next week with Go Green Radio. So until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.